Yo, 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 what's up? It's Ben Scarborough, and I'm chilling here at Third Eye Collective in the secret room, one of the best looks on the west side with Oski. How you doing? Oski, what to do, man? I'm good, bro. How are you? I'm great. Welcome back to the studio. Thank you so much. It's good to be here, man. Yeah, it's, it's, it's always good to be here, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It's got, this is a magical place, bro. And what does it? It's, it's the high ceilings, you know? It's the high ceilings. <laughs> it's the colors. It's the art. It's just everybody out here is doing their thing, and I like that, you know? So for everyone watching at home, uh, Oski and I really just met prior to, to, this, to this episode. Yeah, a few minutes ago. And so I've been kind of like educating myself with what he's been going through uh, over the past week. And uh, you have a, uh, you just announced a big, a, a single, right? It was an EP. I announced that today, actually. It's an EP. Yeah, four tracks. Yep. They're still putting EPs out, guys. Yep. For all you younger people out there, that stands for extended play. It's not quite an LP. It's not quite the bookend A side, B side, right? It's not that long. It's extended, but it's not long. So, so what's brought, brought about the, uh, the EP? Um, well, basically about two months ago, I did a, an EP with Disciple and it was called Vapor Rave and that got a pretty good reception. Um, and after that, I actually, I was super inspired because, you know, six months to a year ago, I was writing like kind of old school, like trippy trap type stuff. Okay. And now I'm kind of teetering on the edge of more like dub, dub trap, kind of mixing the, this, this two styles. Um, Damn. But um, yeah, Disciple gave me a two or three week window to, to write another EP. They said, do you want to do this? And I already had one track written and I was like, fuck it. Like I'm going back to America in a couple of weeks. Like it'll be good to, to go with some content for once, you know? Yeah. So yeah, we announced it today and it's looking good, man. So I, I'm, I'm to understand that, that you're from down under. I am. I'm from Sydney, Australia. So I've never been there. Never been to Sydney. Always wanted to go. Oh, you should. I've always, um, I, I'm a huge gamer and, uh, I've gathered that there's like some weird bands on certain video games. Uh, can you speak on that? So from, from my understanding, there was a, a bit of a, a thing with R rated games. Um, and now basically what's happened is they've taken the MA 15 plus rating and made that R rated. So um, basically, the, the Australian uh, consumer board is, is they struggle to let through those really, really violent games. But I guess, I mean, dude, GTA sells, it makes money. Like, that, that's what I was going to say. That's, yeah. that's the hot button issue right there, GTA, right? It's always GTA, bro. It, it, <laughs> is, it, is it the parents over there that are wigging I, out? Or? I don't know, man. I just think it's a government, it's an Australian government thing, you know? Like, you see it nowadays, like the news, they're always talking about the video games make people violent and all that stuff. Yeah. And it's like, man, people have been violent for hundreds of years, you know? Like, and I've seen Mad Max. I know how, how crazy it can get down there in Australia. <laughs> That's how it is, bro. That's legit. That's a normal day in Australia, Mad Max. <laughs> it's hot as hell. So, like, I guess it's, you know, we're like a decade into the trap f revolution phenomenon, right? Yep. Trap around the world. You know, I've seen some uh, some of my friends on Instagram in Japan who who've had these trap concerts and you know the the crazy success that they've experienced. Uh, how did you did you first come into trap just by listening to American artists, or are there uh, other artists around the world that oh man that you caught into the sound? Uh, see, I was a dubstep guy. I, I love dubstep, and when trap was just popping off, you know, maybe what six seven years ago when that was just really hitting its stride. Um, I was just like, man, fuck trap. Like dubstep is the way. Like I was listening to like 
Casper, Roscoe and Gemini, Terravita, like all those guys that were doing that really crazy dubstep and drum step as well. Drum step, okay. Drum step, yeah. That was the fast. Is, is that a sub-sub genre? Yeah, so that's like, um, <laughs> that's like fast dubstep basically oh okay gotcha yeah it's like dubstep at 170 bpm or faster and it's kind of like a mix between dub and drum and bass but yeah dude trap was coming around and i was like it's like nah fuck this trap shit like that'll never be the thing and i actually made a friend um hydraulics who was uh, a big player in the trap and one of the pioneers in the trap scene in australia and um him and i just started hanging out we started writing music and i just really fucked with it like th there was a certain steeze about it that I you couldn't match with dubstep, you know. Mm -hmm. There was a swag, for lack of a better word. There is know? a swag, <clears throat> a swaver, a swaver, if you may. Yeah, <laughs> uh, big uh, trap artist inspirations, maybe, from America or worldwide. Yeah, from I'd say I'd say mainly America, man. Like, those were the guys that were really. Uh, also, Uzi was a big one too. You know, back in the day, Uzi was a huge inspiration. He's French. He's he's a good friend of mine, actually. I spent some time with him a couple of weeks ago. Um, but yeah, mainly American artists, man. Like, I mean, we all remember Harlem Shake yes. and Bauer and when that shit popped off. And then we had R.L. Grime coming in with the Satisfaction remix, uh, Mercy remix. Oh, right. That was when I was like, okay, this this there's something in this, you know. Mm -hmm. I have never produced a record before hmm. i've always thought about it but every time i look at ableton i'm often i mean it looks beautiful screenshots of ableton look awesome <laughs> yeah. uh it's very aesthetic I, I've, I've i've logged into it a few times i never i don't know what i'm doing yeah i don't know the first thing about producing a record but i will be the first person to to judge a track and say eh, maybe not or whatever yeah we do we have the thing is man like humans no matter what language you speak um we have a universal language for music right and you can if a song doesn't sound right you may not be able to specifically put your finger on the you know technically like terminology wise okay this needs to be fixed but we know because we've been listening to music for thousands of years mm -hmm. so you know everyone has an opinion and and that's that's a personal opinion so it's very it's very much like a thing you know there's a universal universal not standard but like we we all know when music's good and when it hits us and stuff like that do but you do you do like a trap set or do you mix trap and dub yeah i just sets? it's more like a mix between trap and dub i just kind of generally i don't plan my sets out i just play whatever i i think the crowd is feeling okay you know it's a little bit harder in america because there's so much selection in america and the market is very saturated at the moment it's true and um so sometimes i just I find myself trying to figure out what should I be doing when the reality is as artists, we should just be doing whatever the fuck we like. It's true. Know? Well, how about this? Why music? I mean, I can't really do much else. I'm not good at much else. Um, but I've been, I've been playing, I come from a Hispanic background. So when I was about four or five years old, I started playing guitar, um, but more flamenco guitar like finger picking and all that kind of traditional stuff uh oh this guy's um, on his way to steal your girl watch <laughs> out and finger picks man but um i always wanted to create i liked creating i liked making uh you know whether it's drawings or like writing a little uh, melody or something sure. like that but i could never ever wrap my head around music notation and and actually reading 
that oh, oh sheet music yeah that language it was i just couldn't wrap my head around it um maybe something to do with the fact that i couldn't focus as a kid or whatever but as soon as i found uh, fl studio i was probably about 15 years old 10 years ago now um i just thought this whole world had just expanded and i was like man i can i can actually get down these ideas that i've had in my head for years without having to go through the whole process of learning how to read music sheet music and and going through the very technical way of doing it an extremely powerful feeling i'm sure absolutely absolutely so do you get the feeling now that you've got the hang of these uh, softwares do you think you could produce a record in any genre i mean more or less it just depends on whether it's good or not to the listeners you know like i i feel confident in my ability in writing whatever you know comes whatever i feel like writing like i could write a house track a drum and bass track okay and, but um, I mean, yeah, that's a hard one. It's I've never tried to produce other styles apart from those kinds. Maybe like techno or something like that. But okay, like, K-pop. Yeah, if someone was to give me like say produce a jazz track, I'd be like, okay. I mean, I'll try my best. Okay. You know. But at least you could get maybe like all the elements into yeah. a piece of software and yeah, be able yeah. to manipulate everything. Yeah. Well, that's great. Yeah. So you're on tour. I am on tour at the moment. Yes. What are some What are some things that we're doing in our downtime on tour? I mean, we're he eating a hell of a lot of food, <laughs> like big food energy. Mayhem. He's got the fat boy swag. He's been taking me to. <laughs> he's been taking me to the, all the American spots. Deli. Check, dude. We went to this one place that had the the most amazing. I'd never had wings like that before in my life, but the shit just fell off the bone. Ooh. And I was like, mm, so good, bro. Is that what those drug money boys talk about when they're? <laughs> When they're in the city, oh my God, they come back here just like stuffed, keeled over. Oh my God, bro. What do you think of Atlanta as a whole? I love Atlanta. Atlanta has got to be my favorite city in the US. Do you feel your trap superpowers activating? Like as soon as you get yeah. off the plane, you're just like, oh, <laughs> start to whip it up. Oh, <laughs> the elbows start swinging. Yeah. But dude, Atlanta, I just, I was telling Mayhem the other day, I can't put my finger on it, but it's just got this magic to it. You know, it's, it's a magical city and um i it kind of reminds me of home because of the way the the city's laid out like a lot of american cities are very grid patterned like you fly over la everything's in grids and blocks yeah new york grids and blocks but atlanta is like it's it's got an interesting layout and it's it's got a lot of trees and stuff just like australia yeah you know it's beautiful the uh the it's like an old train town yes like terminus every, everything kind of meets here in the middle yeah it's weird we have one of the largest airports in the world if not the largest and it's nowhere near a, like a body of water most of the airports are like near a body of water but that's crazy it's, man. it's landlocked that's crazy and it's one of the busiest airports in the world too i haven't been in a while but I've, they're always renovating it yeah. uh i used to go there and hang out and just people watch actually yeah, I haven't dude. done that in a while but yeah it's, it's it's crazy what you can find there uh so how long are you in the city I'm in Atlanta for another three days. I, I think I leave on Thursday. So what day is it today? Monday. I think it's Monday. What's uh, What's next on the stop? Next, I play in Orlando, Florida. Okay. And then I, after that, I fly back to LA and I play at uh, Orange County. Oh, wow. I'm playing a space yacht show. So I'm, it'll be my first space yacht show. So I'm really fucking excited for that, dude. It's going to be fire. What's that? Space yacht is... Uh, it's i think it's based in la i think that's like the originate like original spot but it's it's this party that they do every tuesday and if i'm not mistaken they do it in san francisco and you know they'll do one-off parties in other cities too but basically like every week the the lineup is 
is question marks. It's all a mystery. You don't know who's playing. Until, Very cool. Yeah. And it's kind of like the industry hangout spot, you know? So people are attached to the brand. Yes. The name. Yes. And they come to see who, the who's who. Yeah. So you're going to be backstage, maybe rubbing shoulders with some, some other. I mean, hopefully, man. But either way, if, if not, I'm still going to play the best set I can play and just there enjoy, you, you know, because... I mean, I like LA and the whole networking thing is cool, but like I'm starting to get to a point where like if somebody, I don't want to put in too much effort for, for networking with people who won't reciprocate, y- you know, like for I'm, sure. I'm just getting to that age where I just, if you don't fuck with me, cool. You got the body language yeah, thing down. Yeah. Yeah. You know, maybe they'll fuck with me in the future. Who knows? But like the whole networking thing, I'm just over that. I'm just want to have fun, write good music mm-hmm. and, and meet fans too, dude. Cause like fans in america they they'd be driving three four five hours to come see you play in it's another true. state you it's know? true it's a lifestyle for some people you what, know like uh it might like you you feel like maybe you're getting a a charge off of it like you're talking to a fan and the fans building you up a little bit yeah. maybe a little bit of inspiration motivation yeah well i feel like i at least owe that to a fan to to the fans to talk to them and take photos and stuff because I mean, I see some DJs nowadays and they just don't give a shit about their fans. They don't reciprocate. They don't reply. They don't, they don't show any uh, genuine emotion. And I just feel like that's, that's a bum move because, man, the fans are the ones that put you there. Like the fans are the ones that come out, they support you, they see you play and true. all that stuff. So you at least owe it to them to take photos and say hello and connect with them and stuff. You know? yeah, you'll know when you get to that point where it's no more pictures, no more fan stuff, right? Yeah, but I'm, I don't... I don't know, man, that, that <laughs> point is like, that's a, that, I feel like that's a long way away from me. Like, I feel like even if I was to get, you know, big, I'd still want to go out and take photos with yeah. fans, you know, yeah. that's just me though. That's just how I am. Even though I'm a bit introverted, um, on most days, I still, I still, when I go out and I play shows, I feel like I turn into a different person. It brings me out of my shell, mm-hmm. you know, do you see yourself making music for the rest of your life? I see myself going deaf. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Like, I mean, I, I would like to make music for the rest of my life, but I think that there will be a point where I'll get to, you know, maybe like age 40 or 50, and then I'll go, maybe I'll want to do some music for TV or movies or sure. video. Like, I love video games, dude. Like, I would love to do sound for games and shit. And if anyone's watching this and you have a job for me, hit me up because I'm, I'm down. Dude plays video games. I play, I play video games. I live video. Look at this. PUBG right here. It's number one. Yeah. Victory Royale. Chicken dinner, baby. I was going to ask you about that, the, the PUBG shirt. Yes, sir. Uh, we playing on PC? We playing on Xbox? So I, I own every console, um, but I am a PC master race guy. I, I recently, about a year ago, built my own PC, and um, I never looked back since, uh, yeah. dude. I went, I went for the... I didn't go all out, but I went for the 16 gigs of RAM with a 1070 Ti. Oh, yeah. Got an i5-8600. Not the best CPU, mm-hmm. but um, I gave myself some room for upgrades and stuff oh, like yeah, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to get an RTX card, though. Uh, ray tracing clearly is here. Yep. Um, I've seen the new Battlefield. The new Call of Duty supports ray tracing. Mm. Uh, the PlayStation 5 is supposed to have ray tracing. Yeah. That's crazy, dude. There's a, a new Half-Life game was just announced. Yes, the VR game, Half-Life Alex. It's an it's a virtual reality exclusive. That's fucking awesome. If uh, Valve just released their virtual reality headset, it's a thousand bucks. It's called the Index. 
and it's the next generation VR headset. You can buy it now. You get a free copy of Half Life Alex when it comes out. Of course. Um, but as it's it's wireless. Yeah. That's the big thing. That's oh. why the price is so. They have like the Oculus Rift and the HTC Vive wired devices. Yeah, yeah. Can't go too far. So this is like the first wireless device, and it's crazy, dude. It, yeah, people are people are saying it's pretty cool. I, I can't wait to check it out. I'm actually a pretty big gamer myself. I I get lost in in just about everything. Video game soundtracks. Top three. Uh, Grand Theft Auto 3, the radio stations in that game. That was a drum and bass station in that, I yep, remember. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Jungle. Game radio. Yeah. Uh, let's see, what else? Um, I really like, God. I thought the new God of War video game for PS4 Oof. had a wonderful dynamic score. Yeah, yeah. You know, based on what's happening, if there's a lot of energy, the music is really fast. If it's slow, yeah. they've written music for just about every tempo. So yeah. as you transition from a battle, the music kind of dies down. And... Uh, I really, and this is going to sound crazy, there's a game called Shenmue. I know Shenmue, yeah. Shenmue's got great music. Yeah, no doubt. It's a completely different style, but but yeah. yeah. What are some uh, classic video game soundtracks? I mean, Doom is up Do, there. Yeah, of course, <laughs> man. you gotta, you got to go with Doom, bro. But I would say my number one is Metal Gear Solid 2 or 3. 2 or 3? They had this amazing orchestral score that just like, I can hear it inside my head right now. And oh, it's yeah. just like so, it's got so much movement. It's so beautiful. Um. But yeah, God of War, that game is a bloody masterpiece, I tell you what. It is. Um, what else? Last of Us had an incredible soundtrack it with did. their little acoustic guitar. Uh-huh. Um, and also the, the recent Spider-Man on PS4. Uh, one thing I noticed with that game is they had a constant... Um, basically, when you're playing the game, you can imagine a, a muted soundtrack playing behind the game. But every time something happens, right, you punch someone or something, they unmute a particular um element like a track or something yeah so you like punch someone and all of a sudden you hear a violin coming go doot doot like it's so freaking awesome man like the way they did that was it was so reactive to what's actually happening within the game and i just thought that that was genius i've never really heard something like that before so th there's a game called undertale yep where the guy toby fox programmed did all the art and wrote the music for it yep that's kind of a he's like a, the mozart right now everyone's kind of waiting for his next game yep uh, the music he wrote for that game is fantastic. Yeah, dude, that what's that one song? Do, 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 do. That's from Undertale. Yeah, right? it's like chip tune. It's been remixed to death and whatnot. Yeah. What about? Um, let's go back to uh, mashups, right? Yep. Early two thousands mashups where it's like chip tune beats, but then like whatever acapellas you could find. Oh, Did you ever make any one of those kind of mashups? Um, I'm trying to think. I do remember doing some mashups, but one of them that I did was actually the Metal Gear Solid theme. Hey. I did in it. Like, it had some, like, it was like some electro house type shit, but like, I did fuck with that. Um, in terms of Chip Tunes mashups, I don't know. I don't think I really, I don't think I really had any. Um, what? Oh, dude, you know what? The Pallet Town from Pokemon. Mm -hmm. I think G. Jones did something with that too, didn't he? Uh, I'm not familiar with his work. So, um, Pallet Town was. This is actually quite a crazy story. Apparently, this um, this soundtrack in a certain area of one of the original Pokemon games had this really eerie kind of um, tones to it, and it was making people go insane. It's like an urban legend type thing. Uh, wow. And um, yeah, I did mess around with that quite a few years ago, but I was like, it didn't really turn into much. I just kind of left it on the side there. The new Doom game, Doom mm. 2016, phenomenal soundtrack. Oh, yeah. It's like metal but it's like you know 
the most hellish soundtrack. It's raging, bro. Love that. That comes to mind, I guess, when it comes to video game soundtracks. Mm. Um, Crash Bandicoot. Crash Bandicoot. Especially Warped. Warped had a great soundtrack. Warped had an insane soundtrack. Because there was like all these different genres for the different type of levels that you were in. Yeah, exactly, dude. Exactly. Those kind of games, those old school platformer games, man. There's a guy that does, um, I forget his name, but he's like this fucking, this guy who plays on this Casio keyboard. Is it Dan Deacon by any chance? I don't know. That was a shot in the dark. I don't he's know, kind but of all, a... all I know is he does these like viral videos and he's like playing all this video game music on his keyboard and just, dude, I, I, I can't I can't think of the name off the top of my head, but like that guy's insane. And once we get off this thing, I'm gonna find it yeah. and show you, dude, because that's real cool. That's so. Are 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 you gaming on the go? Are we do we have a switch or anything like yes, that? Yes, I brought my switch with me. Switching it up. Yep, yep. I recently got Luigi's Mansion. I've been messing with that. That's a pretty cool game. I don't know if I'm ready to take the leap on the new Pokemon game just yet. Okay, you got some options. Yeah, I do got some options. I've been looking at Dark Souls on the Switch. Bro, do it. Pull the trigger. Yeah. That's a fucking... That's it. That's the game. Every game now is Dark Souls. Yeah, legit. The new Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Dark Souls, yeah. It's Dark Souls. <laughs> Dude. That game created a genre. Yeah, no doubt. And now every game wants to be it. No doubt, man. I, I just love that kind of like that targeting and actually like combat actually has some difficulty to it, you know? And I played Sekiro and Bloodborne as well. Those games were just... Soulsborne. Yeah, dude, Soulsborne. I, I <laughs> love it, man. I love it. Um, what else was there, bro? The, the thing is, when I came out on tour, I've been out on tour for about three weeks now. And I left just as all the games came out. I know, they all kind of hit just right at once. COD came out and Red Dead 2 came out on PC, despite the fact that that had a terrible launch. Jedi Fallen Order just dropped. It slaps. Uh, Death Stranding just dropped. Beat it. You beat it? Ah, oh, damn, bro. I'm so jealous, oh, man. Oh, and the guy Ludwig, the guy who wrote the score for that. Insane. Fantastic Insane. job. Um, what else? What else? Yeah, dude, just all these. There's a new uh, Escape from Tarkov update. There's a new Rainbow Six Siege update, which I love. Like, I'm obsessed with that love game, Love Siege. Dude. Like, I've been out here and I've been having cravings for that game. That game gives me anxiety. Me too. Me too <laughs> but I'm always like, oh God, I'm going to fucking like eat it. Yeah, it's the good kind though. It's like, it is. It is the good kind. It's like a Soulsborne game in which like get better. You, like you, you can feel yourself learning all the practices and all the meta and all that kind of stuff, you know? What about uh, films? Any films coming out that you're looking forward to see? Damn. Um, I actually just saw the Joker movie. And that was really the only one that I was looking forward to. I don't really, I don't keep up with films that much. I'm not going to lie. Like, Todd Phillips, the director of that movie, opted out of the pre-signed bonus and instead opted to make a percentage of the box office or whatever. So with the movie crossing over a billion, he's set to make around $100 million just pocketing it, right? Damn it, bro. That's insane. <laughs> and so that's well-deserved, man, because that movie was like, that was like a classic Scorsese type film. Like I really enjoyed it. Hey, yeah. It, I feel like if I hadn't seen Taxi Driver and The King of Comedy, King of Comedy before, yeah. you know, I went with my girlfriend and she hadn't seen either of those, and yeah. she was just like, "Wow, the ending!" I'm like, eh, "It's kind of like Taxi yeah, Driver, yeah. but okay." Yeah, yeah. I'll give it that. You know, the motherfucker acted his ass off in that movie. You exactly. know, he deserves everything he's got coming to him. Um, and the fact that De Niro was in it too. I mean, icing on the cake, bro. It was icing on the cake. Yeah. They really did a great job for that. Irishman is about to hit Netflix in a few two days mm -hmm. here in the states. That's gonna be really cool. Yeah, yep. uh, that's a three and a half hour movie. So I'm gonna have to wake up really early and just get that one in. Oh yeah, 
super excited about that. Um, so when is the, the EP out? The EP comes out on the 4th of December. 4th of December. Yes, sir. I'm going to be uploading um, some tracks over the next few days to SoundCloud. Um, so people are going to be getting like listens of the track before it actually comes out. So okay. That's good. Disciple has a good like uh, staggered release plan in that way. Um, tell, tell me about the artwork. The Dude, very okay. futuristic looking. Okay, so the artwork is like the guy that does it. His name is Solid Soul, and he's been doing it for a minute, right? He's been he did all the like the excision stuff, all the old school firepower stuff. Okay, like, when dubstep like back in its heyday was getting that really Transformers look, he was curating that look, um, and he now does all the stuff in house. I'm not sure if he's in house, but he does it all for Disciple for all their releases, mm -hmm. and um, basically how we do it is generally with an EP is I, I get together a bunch of images like a mood board um, and I just kind of say hey this is the idea this is the theme and um, these are the images I like these are the colors these are the textures I like and we basically just give it to him and, and let him do his thing and he came back with the big mech yeah I was like yeah that's the vibe <laughs> that is the vibe yeah yeah, I like it, dude. What other uh, visual accompaniment? Are you working on any like music videos? I know music videos are kind of iffy. Yeah, that's a that's one of those things where you have to have some heat, you know, to actually pull that stuff off. You know, like to to actually pull pull it off tastefully and like where it's kind of like justified and like I don't know. I want it to fit in with my brand and stuff too. So when I get to the point where I do a music video, I'd kind of like it to not to, to be fully cartooned or fully oh, yeah. animated or oh, something sure, like yeah. that in a really trippy kind of way. Um, but I mean, more than that, I'm, I'm going to be doing some branding stuff this year. So we're looking at um, kind of working out a, a visual theme for my entire kind of not discography, but just me, you mm -hmm. know? Um, and, you know, at the moment I'm kind of just looking at themes of, like what would happen if AI kind of took over or what would happen if aliens came or, you know, societal decay and all that kind of stuff that will end us as a human race. That, uh, what is it? Um, post-apocalyptic. Yeah. Post-apocalyptic, but also in a, like a really, um, futuristic kind of way, like kind of like the end has already happened. We just don't know it yet, you know, type deal. Like, are we in that now? Are we, are we kind of like going down that, that kind of drain of like it's will i put my phone on airplane mode when i'm hanging out with my family <laughs> at thanksgiving <laughs> will i have a no phone thanksgiving or not yeah dude that's a big thing too man is the whole telecommunications and like you know what if what if we lost power tomorrow what if all of the world lost power tomorrow that's what i want my shows to feel like it would be death stranding it's legitimately would be bro <laughs> We'd be carrying around big Uber Eats bags trying to deliver shit to people. Where do I go? I'm lost. <laughs> now, the other day my phone died and I was downtown and I realized I am so fucked right now. Yeah. Because I can't call a cab. I can't do shit. Mm, I a was, scary thought. It was. I was like, wait a minute. I'm actually, like, how did I let my phone die? Yeah, dude. What, what am I doing right here? It was a really disarming kind of feeling. Especially now you got stuff like Apple Pay and, like, people just be leaving the house with just their phone. You know, all their money's on there. Yeah. Like, some people, like have their key code lock, you know, whatever on their phone. Like I, I remember I was staying at an Airbnb in uh, LA a couple of years ago and there was a lock, a pin code type deal. And I had it on my phone and my phone died. And I was like, rip, what do I do? Like my charge is inside the Airbnb. 
I'm legitimately screwed. Mm -hmm. And that kind of got me thinking, like, we are so dependent on our phones nowadays, man. And like you were saying, dude, your phone died and you were like, I'm fucked. Yeah, I was big lost. <laughs> I was super upset. I was like, it, was, it made such an impact on me that I was like, this can't ever happen again. Yeah, dude. So I got one of those little portable battery jumps and yeah. now I bring it with me. Like, when we go to conventions, there's like some, there's Dragon Con happens here. It's like the Comic Con of the Southeast. And That's cool. Yeah, my phone died one of the nights, and I was like, damn, I I'm, I guess help, you know. Got to charge eventually, but yeah, it was ridiculous. It was such a disarming feeling. Yeah, well, man, they want you to upgrade your phone to the newest phone with amazing battery life and stuff like that. I noticed, man, every time a new phone comes out, my battery life just halves, you know, because those new updates just be draining the battery life. Line. Well, planned obsolescence is, is a thing in the smartphone industry. Mm. Um it's it's a tough it's a tough topic. Actually, there was a class action lawsuit that Apple was up against, and they lost recently. Where they uh, basically what happens is when the cell phone battery when the health of the battery depletes past a certain percentage, the CPU is throttled, mm. and they do this to extend the overall battery life of the device. But the phone technically runs at a slower clock rate the cpu yeah, yeah and so when they ran all these benchmarks they found out that these older phones even a year old are running slower and it 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 broke some i forget what the breach was but it, it had something to do with um it's i don't want to say false advertising because that's not it but it, it was like anyway the the, the the class action lawsuit was yeah. like they can't keep doing this the planned obsolescence can't be a year yeah you know this is yeah. a thousand dollar phone there's yeah. no way so um, I actually recently went, and uh, this is, I, I love this device. Let me have a look. You'll, I'm sure you'll no doubt recognize everybody at home. Oh, that's the 4 or 4S? So this is the iPhone 5, Oh, right? that's the, that's, okay, yeah, yeah. And what they did is they took the internals of the iPhone 6S, and they put it inside of the 5 body, right? Yep. And they sell this in emerging markets and stuff like that. Oh, that's the one that they did recently for, like, the for it's like they did that alongside the iphone 8 huh yeah and they released that one as well so you see i've got i've got these two right mm. this is like one for the house and then i take this one with me because it's it's smaller yeah i wear i wear these young thugs you know yeah. so i gotta fucking yeah of course bring the smaller phone with me but the idea is that like i always really thought that the iphone 5 was like the pinnacle of industrial design mm. i was like we've peaked you know the the damn you know the lens protrudes does not protrude on this yeah, one you know yeah. And uh, this is from 2016. I recently took it to a shop downtown and they put a new battery in it and it gave it like a new lease on life. Yeah, dude. So now I get like a two and a half day uh, charge on this battery when I'm out on the go. That's amazing. Do you mind if I hold that? Dude? Please. I haven't, I haven't me, uh, held one of these in a long time. These feel so, I remember these felt so good in the hand when these first came out because. It's my daily driver, believe it or not, yeah. because I don't give a fuck. Plus it's like, you know, people, it's a conversation starter. People, people are like, you know, quick to judge, like, yeah, you know, yeah. what, what is this, you know, old ass phone? I'm like, slow your roll. <laughs> First of all, <laughs> GPU is not pushing the HD resolution. So, you know, it's not, the battery's not being taxed. That's it. Yeah. Uh, it's a dual core 64 bit processor. It's got two gigs of RAM. Fuck with it. Yeah, dude. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's a smart idea, man. Just to have a second backup like, phone. Like ask me if a less featured smartphone improves your life or not. True. Uh, I mean, you know. does it? Kind of. I mean, yeah. I, I drove, this was my daily driver for a while. And I mean, this thing in bed, you know, it only has to hit me in the face yeah. so many times before I'm like, all right, God damn it. I feel that it's, it's getting to a point where like this big ass phones are getting pretty cumbersome. Like, hang on, my phone's ring. <laughs> oh shit. You know, did uh, you see the Motorola Razor? 
It's back. Dude, it's back in full effect. It, it actually, uh, it, it runs Android. Yeah. And it's got a folding screen, right? Have you seen those folding screens? I do. I remember. So fragile. Yeah. You know, like, I think, I feel like it would take the joy out of hanging up on somebody, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Remember how you just used to slap that phone shut, like "fuck you," click. I remember that, dude. But the phone, the screen on it is so fragile. Yeah. Samsung actually had to recall their uh, their note or the 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 fold. fold? Yeah, the fold because uh, it wasn't quite ready. They showed that after like however many folds, the the screen right at the at the bend starts to wear and And, stuff like that. And people were peeling off the. They thought it had a screen protector on it, but it was part of the screen, and they'd peel it off, and the entire thing would fuck up. And I remember that because Samsung was like, "Yeah, we have to like, we have to rethink this whole thing." And they, I think they took it off the market for a couple of weeks or something. They did. I uh, I always think about getting an Android, and I don't know if like iMessage is the single reason that I'm still in the iOS ecosystem. Mm. Um, there's just something about, I hear a lot of people say that though. I message just being like, and, I'm trapped in it or something. And airdrop as well. Is airdrop is pretty cool. Uh, but I mean, honestly, that might be the only app and it's a messaging app. Mm. It's almost like, can we get an- <laughs> iMessage on Android? No. Well, apparently some, um, some of the big us, uh, telco providers are now working together like AT&T and like T-Mobile and all that are working together to, for, to do an equivalent for Android. That would be Really what it is, is it's, it's iMessage is a internet service. Yeah, it's yeah. not SMS yeah, or MMS. Yeah. You can send those from the app, but it's like, it's, it's its own yeah. encrypted end to end, you know, yeah, yeah. secure kind of, kind of thing. I don't know. It's weird that messaging, the messaging apps are so like, clearly they're having people choose one platform or the other. Absolutely. And Apple security is second to none, man. Like. That I'd say of of all the tech manufacturers, Apple's got the best security of all. That of them, walled man. garden, and they don't bend to governments and stuff like that. Yeah, they really don't. They don't. They're like, fuck you. You can figure out a way to open that shit yourself. We're not doing it. <laughs> so, uh, I guess what 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 smartphone are you? Uh, what do I got? Are you rocking? I got the iPhone X, but I've been thinking about getting the new one with the three cameras. Yes, because that wide angle lens is you can like take a photo and then zoom it out and everything looks fish angle, fish eyed, you know, it's fucking awesome. My girlfriend got it recently. Um, and she was showing me that the quality of the photos and the fact that it's just so hate, like high quality and stuff like that, the, the way it records light, it's got better light sensors or whatever. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you the terminology, but, um, she can sell it really well. Um, but yeah, I've been thinking about getting one of those, but man, like new iPhone, new MacBook Pro, new this, new that. It's it's like a five to six grand investment for all that shit, you know? Sometimes it's not necessarily the most, you know, important thing, right? Like you're, you're, you can, I, I can clearly handle all my business on this phone. Well, that's it, bro. I mean, and I can, ma- I can edit all the videos that I can want on, on this machine here. I remember when the smartphones first started hitting the shelves and people were saying, man, why would I need, you know, I just need my phone to make calls and texts and stuff. And right. Okay, Boomer. Like, yeah. Okay. Boomer. <laughs> That's the vibe. But I'm getting there, bro. I'm like, I'm getting to the point where like, man, I don't give a, f-. like, yes, it, social media is important as an artist and as a producer or whatever. But like, if I wasn't an artist, I'd be, I would not give a fuck about any of that shit. Mm-hmm. I would just, I would just want to text and call and that's it, man. Yeah, I can use my f- computer for that kind of stuff. It's true. There's but, just something about sending a text with a full keyboard. Yeah. yeah and then yeah. somebody just hits you back with that K. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I did it. It could be worse. At least we don't have to like. Do you remember the old oh, keypads where you have to T9. press? You have to press shit. Yeah, dude, that was crazy. You'd press the same button four times to get the letter S. Man, those were the days, bro. Man, y'all Zoomers don't even know what the fuck that <laughs> feels like. You know what's funny is that I used one of those phones recently, and it was muscle memory kicked in, and I was like texting and. I was legitimately doing it. Like I was riding a fucking bike. I got back on that horse and I was like, damn, I can't believe I can still do this shit after 15 years. I can't say that I've done that uh, recently. <laughs> yeah, Try I'm, sh- I'm going to have to, uh, they call them basic phones here basic phones. in the States. Yeah. Most retailers like Walmart, Best Buy will keep call them basic phones. They, I call them they don't call phones. them burner phones. Nah, they're not burner phones. They're woke phones. All the woke people have those, bro. Right. <laughs> <laughs> did you see that Supreme put out a burner phone recently? No. Did you, did you guys, Greg, did you see that? They put out a, a basic phone basic with like a 1.2 megapixel camera and like 32 megs of internal storage. And it's like got some ridiculous price because of the Supreme sticker on it. And there was like a huge uh, release in New York and all the hype beasts were there in line around the block just to get this phone that does nothing. Basically, it just makes calls, doesn't run Android or whatever. It's freaking hilarious. But I mean, yeah, they Supreme was able to show that, you know, anything they put their name on, people are going to. Well, they they showed that with the brick, huh? Didn't they do? They literally literally did a a house brick. Oh, that's right. And people were buying that (laughs) shit on I forgot about the brick. And they did, uh, what else did they do? The Metro card, the New York Metro card. And people were spending a lot of money to try and get one of those things, man. You, there's a, this, this is a, my buddy was in Taiwan. He got this uh, Supreme fanny pack that's draped on the chair that you're sitting in right there. Oh, shit. <laughs> it's fake as fuck, by the way, but I mean, like. <laughs> stupid fake. Damn, dude. Yeah, man, High Beast will buy anything that's got fucking Supreme or Off White on it. I mean, each to their own. I'm not, I'm not like knocking it or anything. But oh, you, like, can just, you can just fucking throw that on the ground. I, per- I personally, I never saw the appeal in, in that kind of stuff. I was just like, man, I'll just buy whatever fits and whatever I can afford, mm-hmm. you know, because I try and be cost effective with my clothes, even though like, I don't know. Have you ever had an allegiance to a certain brand, a certain clothing brand? I mean... Not really, shoes. Bro. No, you sneakerhead nah, or anything like nah, that. Nah, dude. Like I used to, I used to really love uh, Adidas, um, and I would wear their shit all the time. But then I just, I got a little bit older, and I was like, man, like when I started having to actually pay my own bills and a <laughs> shoe's a shoe. I was like, a shoe. I'll fucking wear sandals. Like that shit's get me from A to B safely. You know, like whatever, dude. I don't care. I, you know? I'm in the like the Steve Jobs uh, <laughs> one outfit. But quantity 12 in the shopping cart, and yeah. you just get 12 of the same shit, yeah. and, and it's like, so you don't have to worry about what to wear, you're just wearing the same shit. Less decisions. I'm on make. that right now. Yeah, that's cool, bro. I, I respect that, man, because that, man, mental bandwidth is a thing, bro. You can only take, make so many decisions and so many thoughts during a day, bro, before you just like, I don't know, give up or conk out or something, you know? I, I don't want to... I don't want to wake up and go, oh, what am I wearing today? Oh, this, that, that. And then by the time I'm ready to go, I've made 20 decisions and I'm like, I'm exhausted already. Yep. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, Greg will tell you, running a studio, uh, revolving door of people, you know, it's like a game, keep it up. How yep. many plates we have spinning? Mm. You know, you got to check in on people, make sure they're not fucking the place up. It's tough. There are little micro decisions that get made throughout the day. It's, t- it's tough to, to run the place. See, I find that stuff hard, man, because I'm a scatterbrain. So like, any new thought that comes into my mind will completely take me off off track and I could 
get distracted or whatever but sign of a true creative mm, maybe yeah and some somebody like greg who's like constantly like on his shit and knows what's up and got to check on people and do this yeah, and that, that boy like, locked in dude I, I my manager is one of those people who's like he's a business-minded person right and he kind of balances me out in that aspect so he's constantly got he's always thinking of like 10 steps ahead and he's always thinking of like how would this affect our relationship with this person how would this affect this decision and okay. stuff like that and i just think fuck it man let's just do whatever <laughs> that's the kind of person that i am like he's like but keep but i'm gonna keep you in check though he does he keeps me in check man and that's 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 a manager's job you know somewhat is to keep the artist from turning into a fuck boy you know because art like a lot of artists have that fuck boy streak inside yeah. of them like it's part of us you know it's it's like a you know it's, it's just how it is bro freedom <laughs> ain't no parents no rules <laughs> oh man yes yeah, artists bro it's crazy man creatives have this uh you, you ever meet a creative that tells you that they're not anxious or they don't they don't worry about what people think of them or they don't want approval then they're bullshit it's bullshit bro because like that's an inherent quality that we have is like where we what care. will the audience think absolutely and we care about our art and like art is it's an inherently anxious and personal thing that we do like when i write music i'm not just writing music because like because it's the thing or it's the wave or whatever i write it because like it's what i feel i need to do to stay sane you know because i gotta i gotta have that outlet where i'm just like man i got these ideas i gotta i gotta get it out there you know that's the artist thing i i, I go through the same thing i'm always wondering if this video that goes up on my channel is going to hit or not. Yeah. I'm not really that in tune with any of my subscribers at yeah, all. Yeah. And I, I'm, I think some things hit, some things don't, but yeah, I, I definitely worry about that uh, shipping just about anything, but you know, that's whatever. A, that's our biggest enemy though, as creatives, man, is worrying about, that's the big thing. Worrying about what other people think about your art is, is detrimental to the art, you know, is we have to just put our shit out there and just let it do its thing. Yeah, once you put it out there, it's not really yours anymore. It's the people's, yeah, you know? Yeah, dude. It's it's up to interpretation too sometimes. But like I was having a chat with um, uh, Muna of Quality Goods. Uh, she runs uh, the label with uh, with G, who's Uzi. Um, their husband and wife, but they do the, some fucking amazing work. Right? Okay. And she's a, she's a marketing whiz, you know? She's all about branding. And, and she's another one of those people that's super like business-minded. And... Um, we we're just talking about how when you when you worry about what everybody else is doing or whether you worry about whether your shit's going to hit it has an impact on your performance because when we create like i said it's a personal thing you have to work it it's an inner it's an inner thing that we have to work out in our minds and in our hearts to to be able to put that shit out there it sounds super sappy but it's a it's that's art bro that's how creatives are you know what he's talking about yeah if you're a producer if you're an artist or a you know whatever you create you, man you know what i'm talking about like we're anxious we we worry about shit but at the end of the day you shouldn't worry about that stuff you just do you and if you do you well enough people will fuck with you it's plain and simple man big facts here today in the secret room <laughs> facts hard-hitting facts <laughs> so you've been in the studio with mayhem have been yes what have you guys been working on we've just been working on some trap shit man as per usual, Mayhem is the Don when it comes to that stuff. And he's got a super crazy fucking workflow, man. Like, I was sitting in the studio with him last night. He was showing me this synth and my mind was like blown. Like, I'd never seen this shit before. <laughs> oh, this synth right here? Right here. 
<laughs> and yeah, that was man. Big ups to the Don Mayhem, bro. He's got the fucking. He's got the fire, bro. Fire music, and he's got the fire food spots. So follow Mayhem SLR on Instagram and check out those food snaps. The real fat boy swag, man. Fat boy swag. <laughs> yeah, dude. Cool. Shout out to Mayhem. Shout out to Mayhem, the Don. Um, well, shit, man. Uh, what do you say we get out of here and get a beer or something? Yeah, sounds good, bro. Yeah, I'm down. Yeah, that's great. Um. It's been great having you in the in the secret room, man. Thank you so much. Oh yeah, it's a man. pleasure meeting you, man. Before we get out of here, just because you got everyone listening in that fucks with you, let these folks know something, man. Um, just fucking, just enjoy, just enjoy the shit, man. Don't stress about, it. try, don't fucking worry. Like shit'll work out. Just be positive, and remember, stress is a choice. You you invite the energy that you give out. So if you focus on being a positive and happy person you'll you'll bring you'll invite that shit into your life too that's something i've recently learned myself i've been stressing man i'm not gonna lie bro like i stress about shit and once again because i'm a creative that's how it is but i stress extra on top of that but now that i'm getting older i'm just realizing that it's it's what you make of it man so enjoy stress is a phase stress is a phase and a choice enjoy and take it easy, take it slow, because life is short. Bless up. Bless up. Straight, like motherfucking that. <laughs> it's Ben Scarborough and Oski chilling here in the secret room at Third Eye Collective. And uh, we'll catch you guys on the next one. Peace out. See ya.